Next on BYU Sports Nation, why BYU has more than just a win or loss riding on the Michigan game. What kind of lasting effect will Saturday's result have on the 2015 BYU football season? Former BYU quarterback Christian Stewart joins the program. Plus, we'll go live to BYU football practice. How did the Cougars plan to attack a stout Wolverine defense? Air raid? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. We're doing it live. BYU Sports Nation and Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, Wednesday, September 23rd, wherever and however you are dialed in. Great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with the new age Fonzie, Jerem Jordan. The bronze Fonz. I discovered that that was a thing in Milwaukee. Uh, what, two years ago? Yeah. I still haven't cut my hair, by the way. I'm doing it tonight. Algonquin for the good land. The good land. Milwaukee. Uh, did you know that today is the fall equinox as well? <laughs> it's fall now. My favorite season of the year. You sound like the scientist from The Simpsons. Yes. Right? Yeah. Right? yeah. Keen observation. Yes, I believe that the, uh, uh, the equinox of the fall is happening today. That's, that's true. <laughs> and it was like three people's birthday yesterday that... I didn't know, including my dad. That was awesome. But it's it's fall now. It's my Wait, favorite weather. You forgot weather. your dad's birthday? No, I didn't. Sorry, I didn't forget his. I went to someone else's party. It was my dad's birthday. Someone uh, else called me. Okay. Said they couldn't go to something because of their birthday. I was like, what? You just brushed it off like it was so nice. Like, yeah, I forgot my dad's birthday. Whatever. Yeah. No, all good. Hey, so we had a couple of people ask us yesterday on Twitter about the game face contest. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because we said we were going to announce it and then we didn't. And we have a winner as of today. Congratulations to Brandon Prince, a.k.a. at Brando Pivet from yeah. Cameron Park, California. Woo, congrats. He sent in a post-Manga Miracle game face from Memorial Stadium in Lincoln, Nebraska, and it is fantastic. It's like right after the Hail Mary, it looks like. That's fantastic. A lot of people took selfies. Uh, in that moment, which is very cool. So you're the winner. Isn't that funny? Our Brand- society is like, oh, a pandemonium. Capture awesome. the selfie. Capture the moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So Brandon wins BYU Sports Nation swag, which I believe includes the goggles, shirt, wristband, Lavelle Edwards signed football. Very cool. And thanks to everyone who participated in this. There were some fantastic pictures. Didn't you promise uh, them a game-worn headband from Intramurals by, from me as well? Yeah. I don't know if that'll make the Have package. Have you worn a headband? <laughs> I don't know if that'll get in there. But regardless. Just throwing random game notes or yeah, something. Yeah, congratulations to Brandon Prince. Very Thanks cool. to all of you for sending in your game faces. There were so many good entries. Really good stuff. Most were pretty good. Most. <laughs> Are you referencing <laughs> the one that I sent in as not being good? Most were pretty good. We appreciate <laughs> all of them. You're not a fan of the Blue Steel Part 2? Good job. Good effort. Whatever. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU football will play at Oregon September 10th, 2022 in Autzen Stadium. Tom Homo said, quote, Oregon had an opening in its 2022 schedule and the circumstance was right for BYU. We hope to develop a long-term relationship with Oregon, end quote. Yes, that would be great. Or I've talked about it before. Lots of BYU fans in Oregon. That's going to be awesome. BYU has road games at Stanford, at Boise State, at Oregon that year. And a home game with South Florida. 
There are already four games in the 2022 schedule. Let's talk about this just for a moment before we move on. There is a 12-year-old right now who's going to play in that game for BYU. A 12-year-old. <laughs> in 2022. Yeah, how about that? Deacons. More scheduling news, but this time in men's basketball, the Cougars rescheduled the San Diego home game that was on uh, December 23rd to Saturday, February 20th. So this, this means that week... Thursday, February 18th, BYU play at San Diego. And then two days later on Saturday, host San Diego. It's like a mini playoff series against the Toreros. Anchorman week. Taylor Sander, Russell Holmes, and Team USA won the Volleyball World Cup yesterday in Japan. Very cool. Very cool. Better yet, Jerem, they qualified for the Olympics in 2016 in Rio. That's a big deal. I believe it's the first time in 30 years the United States has won the World Cup in volleyball. So last year they won the World League. This year won volleyball. Hey, two Cougars in the mix, Russell Holmes and Taylor uh, Sander, plus Mike Walls, an assistant coach for BYU Outside Theater. Awesome. Jimmer Fredette will wear the number 16 this season for the San Antonio Spurs. He still has to make the team, but number 16 is the jersey number that will he will get. Will it be a sweet 16 for Jimmer in the 2015-2016 season? <laughs> the Spurs win the championship? Jimmer on the team? That all sounds amazing to me. I know. That, that would be elite. That would be, that would be elite. Truly. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Opportunity knocks on Saturday. They rush three. Finley. Intercepted by Kai Nakua. His second pick of the night, and BYU is going to hang on. Nakua could house this thing. He does. Touchdown. Kai Nakua leads the nation in interceptions with four. Got a Heisman vote in the Gannett USA Today poll yesterday. For the first time in the 2015 college football season, Kai and the BYU Cougars, however, will play a game after a loss. Still ranked, still clearly motivated, and still playing for more than just a win or loss in the big house at Michigan. So what else is BYU competing for? You tell me, BYU Sports Nation, and answer today's Twitter question. What will the result of the Michigan game mean for the rest of the BYU season? Use the hashtag BYUSN at Jeffrey M. Sanchez. It's the difference between a 1996 season and a 2006 season. For those unaware, 96, 14 and 1. Cotton Bowl, top 5 finish. 2006, 11 and 2, and a top 15 finish. That Bo- is a both, loaded tweet. Both really good seasons, right? 14-1 and one is special. BYU's that's the, gotten that's un- the thing. One B- loss is special. BYU's gotten undefeated one time. One time. Do you know how many times they've had a one-loss season or less? I don't know, a handful? Five one-loss seasons in BYU history. Five. That's it. It's, it's hard. It's always a slippery slope to look too far ahead. Yes, it is. But the reality is if BYU wins at Michigan and finish September with a 3-1 and record, mm. the Cougars will likely be a top-20 team and very much in the conversation slash position to make a run at a New Year's Six bowl game. And I've said it's a little early to discuss any of this, but if BYU beats Michigan... Now you're talking, okay? If BYU loses to Michigan, that means something entirely different, right? There's a little bit of a slide there. But I think this BYU team is playing good football. They're confident. They've had to make two incredible plays to win the first two games. They lost a game they should have won against UCLA. And now BYU sits with a huge opportunity to take down the Fighting Harbaugh's. 
this weekend on a national stage on ABC. This is this is a great situation. You're right. If BYU beats Michigan four straight at home, and these are all games BYU can win the rest of the way. Connecticut, yeah. East Carolina, yeah. Cincinnati, yeah. Wagner at San Jose State. Yep. Then you go into Missouri. Let's see how good Missouri is. Right now they're struggling. Let's see how good they are on November 14th. That would be a nice win if BYU were to get that. Fresno State at home and then at Utah State. Look, I know. The one toughest game part at a time. of the schedule is going to be over. One game at a time. I get it. The next no, game is Michigan. Nine games at a time, Spencer. UCLA, we said, hey, if BYU can beat UCLA, anything is possible. They led that game for 56-plus minutes. And I was speaking in code. Anything was New Year's Six. Even with a loss against UCLA, because of what BYU had done the previous two weeks and the fact that they only lost by one against right now the highest-ranked team in the Pac-12, the Cougars are still very much in a great position playing at Michigan on Saturday. National Spotlight on ABC, noon Eastern. Three and one out of that, three on the road. My goodness. You mentioned the four straight home games. BYU's in a good position because of how the schedule shakes out if the Cougars can get a win at Michigan. Can you imagine eight and one BYU playing against Missouri in Arrowhead Stadium? The Mormons returning to Missouri in mid November. Zion's Camp Part 2 to wreck havoc. 8-1 and one BYU would be a top 15 team. Take that, Governor Boggs. <laughs> nice. And it's early. Again, it's early. There are only three games have been played of the 12, okay? But we've seen enough in the first three games from BYU to think, you know what? These guys have something special. And if they can stay healthy, if they can play, continue to play well, if they can tackle a little bit better... The opportunity is there to do something really awesome. Now, it, it, it really depends on Michigan. If BYU doesn't beat Michigan, Viva Las Vegas or Hawaii, right? It's over. New Year's Six, two losses, forget about it. Now, you and I were looking at what happened last year with the New Year's Six and the teams that are kind of hovering around between 8 and 15 right now in the rankings. And a one-loss BYU team, when you look at that, you're like, oh, Texas A&M and Alabama and Oregon – There are a lot of good teams there, but they will beat each other up. There were only six P5 teams last year that had one loss or less, and all six were way into the New Year's Six. It wasn't a question. If BYU could run the table, and that's a giant if, the opportunity would be there for BYU to possibly be in a New Year's Six. How do you leave a one-loss BYU team out of a New Year's Six game? I have to see all of the everything. I have to see everything there. Who, who, Who else is there? Who? Who else is in the mix? How many one losses are there? What is does BYU blow everyone out the rest of the way, or do they play some competitive games against teams they shouldn't be close with? Stuart All of that Mandel. matters. Stuart Mandel of Fox Sports talked about this very scenario. Let's revisit that tweet from over the weekend. Quote from FoxSports.com, Stuart Mandel. Even an 11-1 and BYU team would likely have a case for a top 10 committee ranking and New Year's Six Bowl berth. But first, the Cougars will need to turn around and win yet another tough game next week at Michigan. It starts with Michigan. Yeah, BYU has to beat Michigan for a chance to do anything special. I would call one loss or less special because it's only happened six times in the history of BYU football. Granted, Mandel doesn't think BYU will get to 11 wins. We talked to him last week. He told us a win expectation when we put his feet to the fire on that question, and he gave us a projected win total for the Cougars. Well, I look at the schedule. I see uh, that game against Missouri looming later down the road. And frankly, 
I think this schedule is turning out to be a lot tougher than people realize in general. There are not a lot of gimmies on that schedule. Um, if they, I would put the win expectation around nine or ten wins right now. Still at nine or ten, Jerem. I mean, you said eight. You said eight wins was your projection at the very beginning of the season. Now that I've seen BYU play three games, eight is low. So it's up to nine or ten. It's up to nine. You're with Stuart yeah. Mandel. Yeah, nine nine plus would be a success. This schedule's tough. Th- to make assu- it's early to make assumptions. Is Adam Hene going to rush for 100 every game? No. I don't think he will, right? Is Tanner Mangum going to throw for 300 every game? No. M- maybe he does. But it's, a little, it's still a little early. But I've seen enough in three games to think, you know what? This is a good BYU football team. This is a better team than BYU's had the last couple of seasons. The key will be, defensively, can they get enough stops to give the offensive chance to win the game? We've looked at the case for BYU as a one-loss team to potentially do something special. But you say, I have to see everything else. So what's the case against a one-loss BYU team? Why would they not? Why would anybody not put BYU in a New Year's Six Bowl game if they had one loss? Like an SEC one-loss team greater than BYU. I agree. but You, you know what I mean? I, I need to see... I need to see, does another, is there another one-loss team that has a close loss against a really good team that maybe is in the playoff? I need, I need to see all of that to have any idea. But, however, th- does a Fiesta Bowl want BYU if the opportunity was there? Absolutely. BYU fans would pack that. They really would. And who would the opponent be? There's, just a, a, there's a lot of variables there. The constants are BYU is a big brand, obviously would travel well. If BYU only has one loss, they're a national conversation. Tanner Mangum, the Brent, like all of it's there. I get it. I have to see who else is competing with that. I, I'm with you though. If BYU has one loss, they'll be in the conversation. And isn't that all what you want at the end of the day? At least be, be discussed, in the conversation. Be yeah, BYU's in a weird spot. They're an independent. They're not a group of five with that auto bid. They're not a power five, yet they're relevant. Like BYU has overcome the system to be in the position they are in, which is schedule tough and win some of these. Which they have done. Now, logistically speaking, this year's at-large opportunities for New Year's Six teams are fewer than last year, and that brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. There are three at-large bids in the New Year's Six this year. Last year, there were five. Next year, there's one. It depends on the bowl rotation because the Rose, Orange, and Sugar have ties with conferences. So this, this is tough. This year, the playoff is cotton and orange. Therefore, Peach and Fiesta are the at-large possibilities. One of those will go to the group of five. Which, and it doesn't matter. Way, it doesn't matter if that team's ranked or not. If a group of five team is not ranked, right now it's Toledo and they're five out. Um, if they're not even ranked, the committee will find the best conference champion of the group of five and they will go to one of these uh, Peach or Fiesta. Also, what if the ACC doesn't make the playoff? That means they're going to be in the Peach or Fiesta. So it'll really be two. What if Notre Dame doesn't make the playoff? Then it's only one. So it's really tough to make the New Year's Six, and that's way down the road. What will the result of the Michigan game mean for the rest of the BYU season? At JJ underscore Crow 3 says, Last season we viewed the Cal game as being the defining game after all the ups and downs. I see Michigan as the same. Still early for me. That was game 12. That meant more later. Missouri, to me, is the Cal game this year. The guy who won that Cal game joins us next, Christian Stewart. He also knows a thing or two about playing quarterback and taking over in a backup role. This is BYU Sports Nation. 
BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Our conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. We are live from Ann Arbor, Michigan in Provo, Utah, Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Mountain Time, as we get you set for BYU at Michigan. The Cougars rank 22nd in the country. If you are local and you want to come hang out, be on TV in our studio, and watch the, the uh, game on a 27-foot screen, free pizza at halftime, come hang out. Anyone can come up. I know there's a sign-up that is already filled up, I believe, on BYUtv.org slash audience. Just, just come hang out. Just come hang out. We want standing room only, man. Yes. And we'll have another room with the big screen up if it's full. And, you know, show up. Doors open uh, on Saturday morning at 840 Mountain Time. So come uh, 9 a.m. Mountain Time, 11 a.m. Eastern. Countdown to kickoff. Spencer Linton's going to be there. Come hang out. He has promised he will sign every autograph request and picture. He'll take selfies with everybody. I think I've had a total of two autograph requests <laughs> in my time. On your way into the studio? Yeah. yeah. What will the result of the Michigan game mean for the rest of the BYU season? That is our Twitter question today. At Taylor G. Pierce, tweeting in, member of BYU Sports Nation, and says, Beating Michigan is crucial to staying ranked and nationally relevant. We lose, and nobody talks about us anymore. As much. Yeah. People no, still I, talk I about I BYU, but I... Yes, to stay ranked, then automatically your highlights are on SportsCenter until you're not ranked anymore. If you're ranked, you're relevant. That is the truth. A man who was relevant last year for BYU football, Christian Stewart, quarterback, joining us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Christian, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Thanks for having me on. I guess I'm irrelevant now, but no, no. I appreciate you having me on. No, anyway. no, you okay? Yeah, you're you're irrelevant. That that's the truth. <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. Hey, let's let's ask you the Twitter question first. What will the result of the Michigan game mean for the rest of the BYU season? Oh, that's a that's a tough question. I feel like um, kind of what you said just barely, it sets the stage for us. If we can stay uh, ranked, stay relevant in the national the national picture, I mean, that'll be huge. And a win at Michigan is essential for that. But I don't think that even, even if we lose and walk away two and two out of these first tough four games, we can still finish the season with a pretty high ranking, I feel like, and maybe a potential – uh, possibility to go to a BCS game, just like Boise State did last year. They were two two lost team who went to a BCS game and really dominated in that game. When you look at what's happened so far, Christian, um, you know a lot of the pieces from last year, but this team has uh, em- emerged with some miraculous plays and uh, playmakers. Uh, what has been your reaction to what BYU's done through the first three games? Oh man, I feel like a lot. It's been some sloppy football at times and a lot of luck on our end uh, to specific plays. Well, more than that, but hey, that's what you need sometimes to get you through those tough games. You got to get those lucky breaks. I feel like last year uh, we were kind of on the other side of those, those lucky breaks where the teams were playing got them. But this year, hey, it's been falling in our favor. Last week, you know, we were one, one two plays away from winning against a really good UCLA team. But ultimately, I think BYU fans have a lot to be excited about, and especially the team, they have to have a lot of confidence um, being ranked like 22nd in the country, going into Michigan. I, I feel like we have a lot going for us right now. 
Christian Stewart joining us now on BYU Sports Nation, former BYU quarterback, now hanging out in the Bay Area. He will be at the Michigan game watching in Ann Arbor this weekend. When you look back at what BYU did against UCLA, Christian, what did you learn about this team in that third game against UCLA? Because of you know the two manga miracles, people weren't sure, like, well, is, is this team for real? What, what did you learn about BYU against UCLA? Oh, yeah, I learned a couple things. First thing, our offense is going to be really good. Tanner is going to be I, – I feel like Tanner's going to be a great NFL football player. I mean, the kid is a stud. He's a playmaker. But he's also a really smart quarterback. And you can see him starting to get in the rhythm. Coach and I is learning how to call plays geared towards Tanner's strength. And then also, we have a defense. Our defense looked phenomenal in the first three quarters or so. And, yeah. They got gas in the fourth quarter because we run a hurry-up offense and we don't have subs. We don't have a lot of depth at the defense, really any position in the defense. And so guys ran out of gas, which kind of happened last year, and it's the nature of running a hurry-up offense with not a lot of depth. In 2012, uh, I believe you were teammates with uh, Chris, uh, uh, Tanner Mangum, right? Yes, I was. Okay, what did you see from him pre-mission, uh, LDS mission, and then what have you seen from him post-mission as I, I know you were uh, at practice a couple weeks ago? Yeah, so I have one story to share about Tanner pre-mission. We were in the spring game, and I don't remember what the play was. I don't remember what he did. but something uh, really, really good, something that – Coach Beck didn't understand why he didn't. We were watching film on the game, kind of breaking down, and Coach Beck's like, okay, Tanner, like, this was a really good play, but like, why did you throw it here? This wasn't even in your read. And Tanner just goes, KYP, Coach. And Coach Beck just kind of looked at him, KYP, what's that? He said, know your personnel. And, and in my mind, I'm thinking most freshmen are having a hard time getting up to the line, not peeing their pants when they're trying to call a play. But Tanner's up there looking at who the defenders are, looking at who his receiver is, and says, hey, I've got a mismatch out here. Makes a great play that wasn't in his read. And it was kind of at that time that I knew, wow, Tanner's going to be a special player. He understands football. He's not just a robot out there going through um, what he's been taught in the room. He goes out there and he gets football, and he can see things that – you know, maybe an, uh, an untrained quarterback couldn't do. Christian, on Inside BYU Football, there was a cameo from you talking to Tanner before the BYU-Boise State game. I'm gathering that you had uh, an interesting conversation with him because of the similar scenarios that you've had coming in in backup roles. What was that conversation like with Tanner that you had recently? Yeah, so that conversation happened before the Nebraska game. Oh, okay, so before Nebraska. Before it, yeah, it was before he was starting, and I was asking him how camp was going. I'd heard he was doing well, and he had just explained a little bit of, not frustration, but he was getting um, not as many reps as he would have hoped throughout camp, which is the nature of a quarterback. You have to split reps with kind of everybody during camp, and then once game prep starts, those reps uh, go up for a backup quarterback, like, uh, for example, Taysom would get probably about 60, 65% of the reps, and then Tanner would get the remaining um, reps during practice. And so he, he told me, yeah, my reps have gone up since we started game prep, and I feel like I'm starting to get um, in, in a rhythm, starting to understand the offense better. 
And I, I told them, look, you've got to cherish those reps because that's all you're going to get for now. But you have to, I mean, it has to get you ready. It has to be enough to get you to where you can step in and take over that the reins if you need to. Christian, what's the difference in the playbook right now between what uh, Robert and I is calling for Taysom Hill and what he might be calling for Tanner Mangum? Um, well, I mean, it's, it's pretty obvious. There's no real uh, run option plays. I, I don't think I've seen Tanner really keep any. I mean, maybe he's kept a few, but Taysom obviously loves to run that right option where he has the option to, you know, pull it, take it. Um, Tanner hasn't really done that, which fits his strengths. It's like kind of fit my strengths. I've seen the offense switch to a lot of quick game, uh, quick passing game, which I feel like is really good for Tanner because as a young quarterback, defense are going to be bringing a lot of heat. And Tanner needs to just get rid of the ball, get into a rhythm. And it, it, it really made our offense click last week when they were calling those quick passes. And then, you know, when they would hand it off to Adam Hine, it opened up a lot of lanes, and we were we were clicking on all cylinders last week. Follow him on Twitter at cstu337. Christian Stewart had 25 touchdown passes last year. Started eight games for BYU. Helped them get to the Miami Beach Bowl. Had that big win at Cal. He is with us on BYU Sports Nation right now. Christian, what is the number one thing that you tell or would tell any backup quarterback when they are now charged with taking over a team? Uh, yeah, this is something that I actually reached out to Tanner and just mentioned briefly. I sent him a text two days after he, um, well, after we got the win at Nebraska, I let things settle down, and I just reached out to him and said, "Hey, this is your team now. No looking back." Well, yeah, you have to respect the fact that it was Taysom's team, and he was a great player. And everything about that, you have to respect that, but no longer can you dwell on it as the quarterback. It's now your team, and you have to do things the way you see fit, not the way that had been done previously or prior to you starting. And I felt like it was that for me. I had to come in and establish the way I I do things as a quarterback. It's almost as if you know, a CEO is coming in and taking over a new company. He has to kind of change the culture and change it to the way he sees fit. And Tanner's got to do that um, for the team, and you can see that he's, he's really stepped in and done that pretty nicely. Taysom Hill, still questions uh, surrounding you know what decision he makes as to whether he continues to play football next year here at BYU, grad transfer somewhere else, just transfer the NFL. What would you like to see him do? Um, I, have, I have mixed feelings on this. I've talked to Taysom about it, and I kind of know what he's thinking, but I know he wants to keep that kind of under wraps for now. You can just but, tell uh, us right now if you want to. <laughs> yeah, I'll just uh, you know tell Taysom first. Like, no, honestly, I don't want to see Taysom go through another, another injury like he's had. But at the same time, he's too good of a player, too good of an athlete not to be playing a professional sport. I mean, the kid is just unreal. Such a good work ethic. I, I feel like I want to see him have a shot at the NFL. And, but at the same time, I feel like Tanner's kind of taken over at BYU, and I would like to see Tanner go forward as our starter for the next four years. I want to see Tanner break every BYU record uh, at, at passing. 
And so I, I honestly wouldn't mind, and I think it could be good for Taysom, maybe a change of scenery. Maybe uh, he graduates and goes. To Michigan? Play. Yeah, Jim Harbaugh reunited. Yeah, yeah go, go somewhere, get a, an NBA paid for, and, yeah, maybe a change of scenery could be nice for Taysom. Christian Stewart with us on BYU Sports Nation. Let's talk about what's happening in the trenches on this BYU football team right now on the offensive line. What have you seen from the O-line this year for BYU? Honestly, I've been pretty impressed. I know I was trying to look up prior to this interview what um, I, didn't, I didn't have enough time to, to see how many sacks Tanner's had. I don't know if you guys have it on hand. But I feel like there's been quite a few sacks, but a lot of it has been hesitation by by Tanner. I've been fairly impressed with the O-line. I think they've done a pretty good job, especially considering teams are bringing pressure to get to a freshman quarterback. That's just the nature of of um, football is when you have a young quarterback, teams are just going to blitz, 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 try and rattle the QB. But I think they've done a good job, and Coach and I have done a good job of altering the play call so that we are um, we're capitalizing on, on those blitzes by a lot of short routes, a lot of hot throws that are enabling Tanner to get the ball out of his hands quickly. One thing I, I do see they need to do is cut down on the penalties, which is a constant story of BYU. <clears throat> Our O-line has a lot of penalties, and we've got to cut that out. The number's nine, uh, five sacks uh, against Boise State and then four against UCLA, which is oh, wow. yeah, yeah, which is definitely too high and killed a couple of drives, uh, especially the onside kick drive. Uh, there were, I think, yeah, two sacks right. on that. But Adam Hine emerged uh, the last five quarters as this all-of-a-sudden st- stud running back. We'll see what he continues to do as he develops. But what have you seen from Adam Hine uh, that gives you hope for the rest of the season? So I actually haven't seen anything different from Adam Hina. It's just we had so many backs, and with Jamal kind of a breakout from his freshman year, he's gotten the bulk of the carries every year. And so Adam just never really had a chance, and now it's his senior year, and he's getting his opportunity and he's making the most of it. I mean, we've seen him. BYU fans have seen him on kick return. They see how he hits the holes, he goes full speed, and that's the way he runs the football as a running back, not just as a kicker turner. So it's exciting to see someone with his uh, breakout speed, his uh, strength at the running back position. I know he's put on about 10 pounds since, since last season. I saw him just a few weeks ago when I was in Utah. And he looks really impressive physically, and it's showing, it's showing on the field. I'm really excited to watch him play the rest of the season. Christian, a few things as we let you go. Number one, enjoy Ann Arbor. Number two, you're absolutely still relevant to BYU Sports Nation. And third, can you come back and throw for BYU's Pro Day? Oh, yeah. I mean, I've already got it on my calendar. <laughs> Coming back throw. No, not a chance. <laughs> but spring, is spring ball out as well? <laughs> no, spring ball, yeah. I'm actually going to request some paid time off, kind of like maternity or something, but... Okay. For, for BYU football. Qu- quarterbackery, I believe, is the phrase. Yeah. Christian, great stuff. Good to talk to you, man. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. Christian Stewart. Follow Matt C. Stew 337 on Twitter on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. I really like that, dude. He always brings it. He has an opinion. Uh, he's great insight into what, uh, you know, from last year to this year and what he's seeing. And I like his text. 
I like his text a lot to Tanner Mangum. KYP, bro. Yeah, K- yeah, KYP, KYP as well. Know your personnel. He says, this is your team now, no looking back. He experienced that last year. He knows what that's like. Up next, more of your tweets on how you feel the Michigan game will go and what it means for BYU season. Plus, we'll go live to BYU football practice before the end of the hour. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio Simulcast on BYU TV. Presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Coming up next, if you missed Inside BYU Football yesterday, recapping the week that was BYU at UCLA, it is coming up next. Uh, We're about 24 minutes away from that. You can check that out. I thought it was really insightful to see how BYU reacted uh, in the postgame, what the intensity was like at at halftime as BYU led 10-3, but felt like they should have some more uh, offense. Uh, The reaction from the guys on the sideline, uh, you know, when the, when the game finally finished and, you know, the third magical week wasn't quite as magical. And this is all part of the deal. And that, it's reality television, the which I enjoy. The flows, man. Yes, there's going to be some losses in there, right? So check it out. Inside BYU Football coming up next, right after BYU Sports Nation at 1 Eastern time. Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. The Cougar football team will play at Oregon on September 10th, 2022 in Autzen Stadium. That announced yesterday. Athletic Director Tom Holmo said Oregon had an opening in its 2022 schedule and the circumstance was right for BYU. We hope to develop a long-term relationship with Oregon, end quote. More scheduling news, this uh, this time on the basketball court. The Cougars rescheduled the San Diego home game from December 23rd to Saturday, February 20th. This means BYU will play at San Diego Thursday, February 18th, and then come home and know San Diego again on Saturday. Taylor Sander, Russell Holmes, a couple of former BYU volleyball superstars, now competing for Team USA and helped the U.S. win the Volleyball World Cup in Japan yesterday. They also qualified for the Olympics in Rio in 2016, an Olympics that I hope Jerem Jordan gets to. That would be very fun. I went to Brazil on my mission, haven't been back. It'd be fun to go watch uh, T. Sander and the boys. You, You know those guys. You know those guys. John Sprod, the UCLA head coach, head coach. It'd be fun. Don't go swimming uh, in Rio. <laughs> Jim Fredette will wear the number, tw- uh, number 16 this season for the San Antonio Spurs. Still has to make the team, but uh, they took some photos yesterday. He was wearing number 16. So Cougar uh, BYU fans, BYU Sports Nation is getting their Spurs number 16 jerseys as we speak. Enough of what we have to say. Let's hear what you have to say about our Twitter question. What will the result of the Michigan game mean for the remainder of the BYU football season? Let's go to the Twitter machine. you got tweets. At DeYoung1993, absolutely nothing unless they win the other eight games. True, now, hold true, on a true, second. True. Hold on a second. Wait, what? It would mean nothing to beat Michigan or lose to Michigan? It would mean nothing unless they win the other eight games? Well, remember, the question is, what effect will they have on the rest of the season? Not what does the Michigan game mean by itself. It's against the rest of the season. Well, so but, I feel you. BYU could be three. What? Like BYU could go three and one, and then what if they lose, a, you know, three other games or whatever? There will be meaning in oh, remember the awesome wins against Nebraska, Boise State, and Michigan. But then you'll go oh, there were those trip ups. Uh, you feel listen, weird as a listen. whole on the season, but positive from September. The longer you remain in the spotlight, whether it's a week, a day, whatever, it makes a difference because of the waves that it sends out. To recruits, and BYU has already experienced 
that this year. You can, o- you can offset the greatness start. You can offset the awesomeness with uh, you know poor results later. That's what he's saying. I think is okay. Beat Michigan, but you also have to continue that. He said it means going. nothing. So I'm just saying, there unless is always they win the other eight games. Well, yeah, I don't think you'd win. Need to win the other eight. For it to have meaning, you can win six or seven, and it'll have great meanings. So. At cot underscore byu football hashtag bold prediction, we will go undefeated for the rest of the regular season. Less likely than uh, than not likely, more likely, right? That BYU goes undefeated. Oh, we're yeah. talking about like maybe a five or six percent chance, just according to like oh. logistics and odds. But I've seen enough from the BYU team to think there's a chance. There is a chance. Um, at WCC officials, an unofficial account run by, I think, a BYU fan. Want to send our – we have – remember, there's some vitriol there. They want to, like, meet me in a back alley in Spokane and, like, fight or something. We're going to cut your hair. <laughs> want to send our best wishes to BYU football this week, hashtag beat Michigan. And I said, that's appreciated, especially coming from you. And they said, get Tanner Mangum to play basketball, and we will get you a conference title. <laughs> Uh, oh, for four, maybe your five. Tanner did play varsity basketball in high school. I'll have to confirm. Sure, he that. did. Yeah, it, they always do. By the way, basketball media days next Tuesday on BYU Sports Nation. Dave Rose and players will join us on the show next Tuesday. What will the result of the Michigan game mean for the rest of the BYU season? At calm underscore spaghetti says, <laughs> great handle. If BYU wins, expect four straight sold out or nearly sold out home games. And an 11-1 and one regular season, hashtag NY6, hashtag Momentum. BYU ain't selling out some of these teams on this schedule. Wait a second. If BYU beats Michigan, 3-1, and one, ranked in the top 20. They could, but when is the game being? Boise State, you just came off a of Hail Mary, and it's Boise State. It do, you just beat Michigan. You just beat Michigan and finished September 3-1, and one, and you're ranked in the top 20. There's nothing wrong with not selling out. I'm saying people... BYU I, was undefeated. I agree. I think there's a great chance that they sell out. BYU was, uh, played Virginia in an afternoon game for that guy on ABC. It was 110 degrees. BYU was ranked, what, 18? It was 110 degrees. <laughs> it was so hot. Oh, I didn't know temperature weighed in. Absolutely, that factors into it. So it has to be pristine conditions. And they will be because most of them are night games in the fall. Uh, If you're a real fan, you don't care what the weather's like. You show up and support your team. But it is 2015, and people like being comfortable. People like 140 characters or less. People like what they want when they want it. So it's a different year. There's nothing wrong if BYU doesn't sell them out. Is BYU going to have great push and uh, Royal Blues against East Carolina will be cool and everything? The Wagner game is not going to sell out. You can stay home and watch it on BYU TV if you want. But if it's sold out, that would be great too. At Off Providence says, All I know is that after last week's game, Hine needs to receive BYU Sports Nation karma every week. I forgot he was on the show. The famous going up the RB stairs interview. <sighs> Do you not believe people? Adam Hine against UCLA ran for 149 yards. This is the second outlandish manifestation of the BYU Sports Nation karma in the last two weeks. It's real. I, yeah, I forgot. I didn't, re- I didn't put that together. Thank you for bringing that up well, at Off Problems. We're hoping to get a, a player from practice on the show today. Who's going to give be? him the karma? Who gets the karma? <laughs> give us a player. We're going to whip it next. We'll get to BYU football practice and divvy out the karma as soon as we can. 
BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan live from Studio B. Friendly reminder, if you ever miss an episode of BYU Sports Nation Live, the rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV starting at 6 p.m. Eastern time. And next Tuesday is Basketball Media Day. Tuesday, September 29th is Basketball Media Day. Dave Rose and the players will be on the show next week. The reason it's so early, they're going to get started on practice uh, shortly after that, a couple of days or a week, I believe. Uh, so then they'll have a month of a, uh, practice or three weeks, and then they have two exhibitions. Regular season begins November 13th against Utah Valley. We're getting to that point where it's almost hoops and football season. I love it. We just talked to Christian Stewart, the now irrelevant BYU quarterback. I say that in jest. Just go listen to the interview. Download the podcast on iTunes or the TuneIn app. Our Twitter question today, what will the result of the Michigan game mean for the rest of the BYU season? At Dr. Steve Best says it's the difference between good and great. Spectacular went bye-bye last week. New Year's Six would be pretty spectacular. Yes, it would. It's still on the table. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. We just whipped in the fourth segment now. That's what we do. BYU will play at Oregon on September 10th, 2022. Tickets are now available in Hudson Stadium. Tom Holmes said Oregon had an opening in 2022. Uh, their schedule and the circumstances right for BYU. We hope to develop a long-term relationship with Oregon. Men's Basketball. How about some additional scheduling news? The Cougars will play San Diego instead of on December 23rd, now on Saturday, February 20th. That means BYU will play at San Diego on Thursday, February 18th, and then return home two days later to host the Toreros at the Marriott Center in Provo. Men's Volleyball. Taylor Sander, Russell Holmes, and Team USA won the Volleyball World Cup yesterday in Japan and qualified for the 2016 Olympics in Rio. Congrats. Jimmer! Oh, I love the new Jimmer sounder it's so just much. about Jimmer. Play it again, please. Jimmer! <laughs> Jimmer what is it, NBA Dan Jam? We'll wear the number 16 this season for the San Antonio Spurs. Now he still technically has to make the team. He's just on the practice squad. I think he shoots himself into a roster spot. Golf! Speaking of shooting, C.J. Lee of the men's golf team uh, finished 21st at the Husky Invitational in Seattle. The Cougars finished 11th as a team. Future guests include ESPN's Chris Spielman. Again, he's yeah, back how on. How about that? That crew is back that same on the crew. call. Sean McDonough, Chris Spielman, and Todd McShay. That was class class broadcast, man. I love it. I love it when those guys Down are on the to the goal line! Oh, that, that call was unbelievable. It was unbelievable from Sean McDonough. Joining BYU Sports Nation now live from practice is one of the talented BYU wide receivers, our good buddy, Taryn Houck. Taryn, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Hey, guys. How you doing? Fantastic. How was practice today? It was good. That's it? That's it? It was, it. Just it was good. good? It was good? Oh, it was good. Oh, uh, <laughs> no, it was good. Uh, you know, we uh, we got a lot done. You know, we got a lot of new things that we're trying, and uh, we're excited for Michigan. When when did the ter- uh, team turn the page from bummer against UCLA to, okay, we've got a huge opportunity again this week? I think in the locker room as soon as it was uh, – it was done that game was over you know we we had a little bit of uh you know we felt that loss but then it was it was coach bronco that brought us and it was just like you know what we have uh, another another opponent next week and we gotta get ready for them because they're going to be just as hard you know we can't can't sulk we can't power we can't feel sorry for ourselves we have to get right back to the grind and be ready for michigan taryn i saw you after the game and i was a little worried because you missed the bus man 
And I was like, oh, no. Oh, it's, come it's, on, man. You, you got to bring that up. How'd you, you miss the bus? <laughs> yeah, I missed the bus. And it was, that was, I was already, like, kind of sad and, like, you know, wasn't in a good mood. And all of a sudden, our uh, travel guy came up to me and was like, hey, Terry, do you, you staying? And I'm like, no, why? Just like, uh, oh, the bus is left. <laughs> and then right then I could just see the buses pulling out. So I'm like, oh, come on, man. So it was just like, you know, thing after thing and just wasn't my night, you know, so were that you, sucked. Were you and hugging then, refs? Yeah, you know, I was too busy trying to track down those refs to hug, you know. <laughs> Took too much time. Oh, Taryn, you're a good sport, man. We're so happy to have you Thanks. on the show today. Okay, I, I know oh, you, yeah. you were in on the last offensive play of the game. Uh, what was it? Yeah. Li- what was it like uh, in reviewing that play um, a- as a team? As you looked at, you know, what you uh, hope to accomplish on that play. You know, it was hard to watch because you know you want to execute every play, and it, and it it always you know it didn't go our way. You know, we've had Nebraska, and then we have Boise State where it came down to one play and we got it. You know, and Coach and I stressed to us, you know, now we know what it feels like to be on the other end of that. And, you know, it's just it's hard to watch that on film and um, to know that, you know, maybe if we would have done something different, that it would have, the outcome would have come our way. But, you know, like like the first question you asked me, you just got to move on and, and take what you've learned and apply that to Michigan. Taryn, when you look at film of Michigan, and they have what looks to be a very stout defense, played well against Utah, only gave up 17 points offensively to the Utes, and then shut down Oregon State and UNLV. How does BYU plan to attack that Michigan defense? Same way we we plan to attack UCLA, uh, Nebraska, Boise State. You know, we, we come at them with our best plays, our best personnel. And I think that, you know, even you give us any type of defense, their best players, no matter what, we have schemes and we have, I feel like, the players and the personnel to do a good job and execute. We have guys like Mitchell Jurgens who – can get open against anybody. We have guys that like Tanner Mangum who can make big plays. We have guys like Tijon and Louie who can be a big man up front and open up big gaps. We have Adam Hine that can run against anybody in the country. And, you know, I feel like our offense is pretty much poised to go against anybody uh, out there. And so they have guys like, I mean, we've been focusing on number five, that Peppers dude. Yeah. Um, you know, he's a, he's a physical guy at nickel. But, um, you know, there's, there's weaknesses to every defense, and we feel like we have certain plays and uh, things that we can do to get around them, to get open to them, and it's, it's going to be really fun. When did this team uh, become Tanner Mangum's? When was that moment? As soon as we went in against Nebraska and we found out that Taysom was done. Because, you know, we had hoped that, um, you know, maybe Taysom was going to come back. And then when we found out that it was a season-ending injury, you know, that, that's when we had to lean on Tanner. And I know that sucks because, you know, Taysom's our guy, you know, but that's when we have to just move forward and um, do it for him in a way. But now we have to lean on Tanner and know that he's our leader as a, as a quarterback. Taryn Houck with us on BYU Sports Nation, senior wide receiver. Follow him on Twitter at thauk 11 when you look at transitioning from one quarterback to the next and the chemistry that you develop as a wide receiver core with that specific quarterback, how difficult was it to transition between Taysom and Tanner? I mean, they're two different quarterbacks. Like, it's comparing apples and oranges, you know. But uh, it, it definitely took some time, in it, and it was really hard to do on the fly. 
But uh, I feel like with the continued reps we've had at practice and in the games, that we're able to actually have that chemistry now to where we can execute uh, certain pass plays, certain run plays, and just know that he knows where we're going to break out of routes. You know, like if we have an out route or we have an option route, that we can trust that um, he's going to get us the ball and that he can trust us that we're going to get open. Taryn, great to talk to you as always. We appreciate the insight, and we would like to give you a hug in the form of some BYU Sports Nation karma. Are you cool with that? Yeah, I'm totally fine with that. And one word answer. Could Adam Hine hurdle you? Oh, I don't know. I think I That's not a one word answer. To hurdle me. <laughs> No. No, you can't. <laughs> okay, don't miss the bus, man. We appreciate the time. Oh, come on, man. All right. All right. Thanks, All right. Taryn. Always great talking to you guys. <laughs> Taryn Houck on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. You didn't tell me you missed the bus. That's great. He's I like, just hey, remember that when bring, I was talking to you. Like, oh, yeah, that, man. that happened. I did tell him I'd give him a ride. I'm like, dude, do you need a ride to the airport? I'll give you a ride to the airport. Stay with us. <laughs> BYU Sports Station presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Bring on the elite tweet of the day. From at YoungTim32 says, If we win, be Michigan, we can say we kicked their butt. (laughs) If we lose, we lost to a guy named Butt. Not cool. (laughs) All week, man. Hashtag smack Jake Butt. Wow. (laughs) All week. Oh, too good. Our rise and shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. For help when you need it most. Who gets our rise and shout today? Taryn Houck. That guy has great personality. And now he has the karma. So expect big things from him this week. Go and perform well against Michigan. Hey, coming up in two minutes on BYU TV. This week's Inside BYU Football re-airs. Tune in to see how BYU prepared for and played against and reacted to the UCLA game. Thanks to Christian Stewart, Taryn Houck, everybody on our crew. Show on demand on BYUSN.com. Audio podcast on iTunes and or the TuneIn app for Jerem I am Spencer. Shout out to Corey Rasmussen. We're back to work tomorrow at noon Eastern. Enjoy Inside BYU.